This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Coming to you live. Live from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Results in recovery. Hey yo, Brian Amaro here with my host. Roman Brawley. And we are back with a special guest. Who do we have, Brian? We have a a pretty incredible, I'm looking them in the eyes right now. Yeah. Talented. Beautiful eyes. (laughs) Brown for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Jess Montgomery in the house. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So it was just revealed to us that you are the man to talk to about sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a very broad topic, and we can go a long way with that. Oh, my gosh. I'm just kidding. We don't have to go there. But let's just start with the basics of... Like, what brought you here? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing here? I'm a psychiatrist. I've worked in addiction for about 25 years. Okay. Um, my first life was in family medicine, and I got so irritated with psychiatrists, I became one, so they came back ah, on me. There we go. <laughs> um, I work with all sorts of addictions. Um, the last seven years, I've worked with Pine Grove and their addiction program, the gratitude program there. Okay. Um, it's an interest I developed watching... Folks struggle to stay sober from chemicals and noticing the patterns of acting out sexually and right. seeing patterns. Right. It's it's not a one-stop thing. What I see is sex addiction or sex and love addiction or you know intimacy avoidance. Right. There's lots of things. Yeah. There's a lot of behavioral things, but they all have the same thing. They end up lonely. Right. It doesn't fill the void, and just like the chemicals didn't. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, <clears throat> what would your vi- like? What is your vision? Like, what is you personally? What do you want to create and cause in this world? That's a big question. It is. My long-term goal is to be able to quit chasing addiction with shame. When we're treating addiction with drug screens and hair follicle tests and all of that, we're basically using the healthy shame to get somebody to stay sober. Right. You see the same thing done with polygraphs and and sex addiction. We see people doing the, the kind of anorexic thing where you quit drinking, you quit using drugs, you quit having social life, all of those kinds of things. And I think that that's driven by a lot of shame. And what I'd like for us to find is, what are the things going on? What are we missing in our body and in our psyche that could tell us, hey, you're getting into trouble now. Before I'm pacing in front of the liquor store or I'm looking to act out in some other way. And, you know, my long-term vision is to be able to have that kind of connection, whether it's with physiology or spirituality or whatever, so that what we're doing in recovery is I'm pausing and saying, I'm not balanced right now. How do I find that balance for me Yeah. before I create chaos? Because addicts do create chaos quite well. Absolutely. We know all about that. How, how do you touch that shame aspect with an addict and alcoholic? Like, How do you go there with them? I think that's one of the things that's easiest to describe in terms of sex addiction. Okay. A lot of times, 
I'll hear these intense histories and all of these hundreds of partners, and I'll ask, when was the last time you laughed after orgasm? And I get a blank stare back because the concept of joy and fun in connection with intimacy. Uh, I think the same thing is true of any addiction. Where's the joy in your life? What gets you to laugh hysterically or to cry from the bottom of your toes so that you experience the whole breadth of life? That real raw emotion. Sure. Yeah. And to be to learn to get comfortable. You know, I've I've had 30 years of practice at this, so it's a lot easier. But for folks early on in the journey, that feels like it's never going to end. Right. And being able to find those spots, you know, one of those rewarding things and folks dealing with the intimacy issues when they they come back several months or so later and they, they say, you know, my spouse and I can sit and hold hands for hours and we don't have to say a word. Right. Sometimes we'll pop out laughing. Sometimes we'll start crying. Yeah. Sometimes we'll fall asleep. And all of that's okay. Yeah. Well, the vulnerability, right? Absolutely. And just be that's... able to be intimate. I, I heard a quote. I think the guy's name is Juan. But he said, we're so afraid of vulnerability that we emaciate our relationships. Yeah. And the, the, the breadth of, and depth that it gives a relationship when we can be absolutely vulnerable on all levels. That's what I like to go for. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. What 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 stops people from going there? Because like you open up to so much by being vulnerable. Sure. There's so much that can work, but then there's I mean, then you're vulnerable. There's so much that could go. I mean, there's what risk. what Yeah. What has people hold back because they feel my experience when people don't go there, it's it's they disconnect, they bottle up, they 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 clam up. I watch my children be better parents than I was, but I watched them struggle with that, trying to teach their children, make the cry match the ouch, okay. or, okay, let's keep the laughing so that it doesn't hurt our ears, right. and not giving the message, stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about, or stop that, you look silly, mm-hmm. and some of the negative messages that we could give. I, I think those subtle things... And, you know, culturally, we're taught about control. Right. So much of what creates drama is discontrol and being over the top. control or overly controlling. And I think what we learn from that, it's never said, but I think the covert message is if you start doing that, you won't be able to stop. Uh, And, you know, I tell patients regularly, you're going to stop crying. You'll eventually get dehydrated, so you'll have to. It's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, and to have that experience of being physically, but more so emotionally held while you laugh or while you cry, right? Have those intense, vulnerable emotions. Wow. So, Jess, what is the book that has influenced or shaped you? One, you get one choice. One choice. Wow. I'm gonna go for the one that that won't make sense unless you read the book. There's a wonderful author named Kate DiCamillo that writes children's books that every adult should read. (laughs) She has a theme that's uncomfortable. It's about children who have lost parents. Wow. And there's a book called The Tiger Rising. And it is about grief and loss and holding emotions. Okay. And, 
you know, my, I quote the one of the first paragraphs. Rob had a way of not thinking about things. He imagined himself to be a big suitcase. He stuffed all his feelings inside. Oh he packed them down, down tight and locked them up. That was the way he not thought about things. And then you fast forward later on the book, it says, Rob did something he thought he would never do. He opened the suitcase. Uh, uh, that just gave me chills. Yeah. And it is the I most the beautiful description chills. of absolutely yeah. losing control. His father cannot do anything but stand there and be present, which I think is a wonderful spiritual message. Yeah. I think people in recovery have a hard time with that second and third step when you can't be angry at your higher power. And all the father can do is hold a shotgun over his head and let this kid unleash. But he eventually says, this is what I need. And everything changes. Wow. It's a wonderful book. I recommend it highly. Have the tissue handy. And then all of our other books are equally good. But that one is one that I probably... I have probably given away a hundred copies of that. Book. Oh my! Wow! I, wanna, I expect a copy. Teresa will send you one. Awesome! That's great. So I got a question for you. What is your your favorite childhood memory? Like the one that just gets you? You just feel that joy, like that warmth in your chest, thinking about it. I would have to say. My godmother lived next door to us, and yeah. she was an homemade school teacher. My mother was a home ec teacher. She was the only one married with kids, so I had 13 mothers. <laughs> My godmother was one of them. And from the time I was 18 months or so, I would walk out the front door and go over to her house. And she would let me cook and play and wash dishes and all of this stuff. And she didn't put the good china up and give me the plastic stuff. She yeah. had... I remember, probably four years old, dropping a glass and breaking it, and I started to cry. And she said, honey, that's the only thing those things are good for. Wow. It's a wonderful gift. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Uh, you have one album and a Walkman that you can listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? One album. This is the hardest. I think this is the <laughs> hardest question we've asked anyone. I think it would be the cast album of Wicked. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Because it is about how important the, de- the shadow and the light are, and, oh, nice. and it's just so doggone much fun. Okay. Yeah, Wicked. Okay. It is. Have you seen Wicked? Uh-uh. It's good. you got to see Wicked. Yeah. you got to see it's, Wicked. It's good. Everybody who is good is good, who looks good is not, and everybody who looks bad is good. Yeah. And Thank the, you. the closing song is, I know... Because I know you, I have been changed for good. Perfect. This was awesome. Thanks. Thank yeah. you for stopping by. Yeah. We appreciate yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll, thank you for coming Dangerous in. to get me talking, but yeah. thank y'all for letting no, me have a chance. Thank thank you. Tiger Rising. Yeah. Tiger Rising. Tiger Rising. <laughs> Check that out. Coming live from Dallas, Texas. Ao Recovery Results 2017. We sitting are here, here yes. with the incredible Jordan Young. What's going on? What's up, man? Hey, fellas. Thank you guys for having me on here. Nah, man. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for doing what you're doing and inviting us out here. Well, well, I appreciate you guys coming out, and we want to have 
the best in the industry, the best people, the best treatment centers, the best podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So That's right. I wanted to extend the invitation, so thank you guys for coming. Oh, of hell course, yeah. Hell yeah, Jordan. Let's get right into it. Yeah. Tell us, uh, what do you want? What's your vision? What are you, what are you creating? What's, uh, give, let's give the listeners a little background. Who are you and, and what are we doing? Sure, sure. So my name is Jordan Young. Yes, sir. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a father. Okay. I'm a Christian. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. <laughs> I've been working at Foundations Recovery Network for seven and a half years. Long I, time. Yeah, long time. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great company. We have conferences and events, but what we do best is we do treatment. Right. We have high-end dual diagnosis, residential, and outpatient treatment centers for adults. I am a recovery guy myself. I'm an AA guy. I I was working in an industry doing B2B sales. Okay. So my background is business. My degree is in business. Uh, an opportunity came to... Kind of take a step down um, to work at Foundations in a new department where we took clients where we weren't the most appropriate fit for, and we found other resources and other facilities that were a better fit. So I was the first hire for that department okay. seven and a half years ago um, when an opportunity arose where the guy that ran the conferences prior to me who had gigantic shoes to fill Jesse right. Fortner a uh, friend of mine yeah much love to Jesse Fortner shout out Jesse yeah hey, hey. yeah when he moved on to another opportunity they promoted me over to the conferences ah. so that was February of 2010 we did two events in now we are doing four conferences uh, I do 12 webinars, a monthly webinar, and 12 Heroes in Recovery 6K races. Wow. So, so I'm in charge of themes, education, content, sales, attending like registrations. It's not like you're busy or anything, right, Jordan? No, not no, really. No. Hey, I still have time for my fantasy football team, yeah. uh, even, though, even though it may not appear that by my win-loss record. <laughs> you and I are in the same boat. So, Jordan, is... Uh, you can hear it in your voice that this is something that you're passionate about. Where did where does that passion come from? Well, I mean, it, it comes from my recovery. It comes from my love of people and trying to help good people succeed. Yeah. You know, what, what I try to do, my vision for the conferences has always been to provide a forum for the industry to come together, to work together, to learn from one another. You know, exchange best practices and really grow together because we are an industry that you know the need for us at least is never going to go away. Right. Unfortunately, you know the need for substance abuse and mental health recovery services is never going to go away. Right. So I feel like at Foundations, what we do with our events is we provide a platform for everyone to come together. You decide what you want to hear, who you want to meet who you want to work with afterwards. We're not the police, but right. we provide the we provide the forum for everyone to come together because truthfully, it's not our conferences. You know, it's it's the industry's conferences. Right. Right. It's yeah. a place for people to come together and collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, I have thousands of bosses every year. You're my boss. <laughs> yeah. 
This exhibitor next right. to you is my boss. The speaker in the other room is my boss. Yeah. I, I love it because that's so vital, you know, when we're talking about making an impact and creating a difference in addiction, it's important to share that information. And what's your experience? Do you feel like there's been a more open platform over the years or do you feel like people are still kind of holding, holding or withholding information from each other? I, f- I feel like... I feel like there's a lot of collaboration going on, uh, especially especially the younger generation. Right. I feel like because we as the younger generation, um, you know, we know that we're not experts. We, you know, we may be AA guys or NA guys or, you know, guys from Smart Recovery or Refuge Recovery. Right. And that's what we know, but... We may not be familiar with other types of recovery or other types of treatment services or, you know, whether that's actually recovery-oriented or business-oriented, you know, to make your business more efficient if you have a treatment center. A little story about when I first started with foundations, I'm a 12-step guy. So the way I knew was 12 steps and it worked for Jordan so it would have to work for Brian and Roman and And everyone and Steve over here and when people would tell me that oh we don't believe in the 12 steps or I I don't want them to go I don't want my child to go to a 12 step program and I thought what are you talking about you know this person's crazy you know 12 steps is the only way to go well that was the way that worked for Jordan you know it might not be the way that works for this person and so what I had to do is I had to open up my mind and I had to see there are other ways for people to be successful in their recovery just like now I'm doing these conferences there are other ways for people to be successful in their businesses right you know if you're talking about marketing whether it's business development or attracting clients online you know I feel like they're I don't think that anyone has the perfect formula you know you may have the formula that works best for you but you also may have a formula that you think works best for you until you hear what someone else is doing and can learn and become a little more efficient and more successful with your practice or your business that way. What I'm totally hearing is the value of having an open mind and you know really being open to all possibilities and being able to put differences aside for the greater good and and the 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 greater outcome of what our mission is, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like most people that work in the field of recovery typically come in for the same reason, and that reason is to help others, right? Help others get, you know, recovery, get sober, get their life back on track, and so, like, that needs to continue to be, like, the main goal, right? Hell yeah, baby. I totally agree. that's what's happening. Yeah, it's... What we try to encourage is collaboration. You know, it's not like I have the solution and I'm going to keep it to myself. It's not like, you know, I'm a part of some secret emotional intelligence club and I'm not going to share with you the secrets about that club and what we do. Right. <laughs> Gosh, whoever, whoever does that, they must be I know, who would Can't do stand that? those guys. That's crazy. Jordan, what's a book that's influenced or shaped you? One book. You can only choose one. One book? Yeah. I mean, the one book I have to say is the Bible. Got it. You know, if... You know, I have to acknowledge my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because without Him, I am nothing. Without Him, I have nothing. So, 
if yeah, I mean, without it's, a question, it's like a no-brainer. It, I think it's also like the most published book ever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's up there. So yeah, it's up there. I got a serious question for you though, Jordan. If you had to be an animal, what animal and why? Oh, yeah. There we, we went go. There. We just went there. Yeah, I would have the stuff that people want to know. You know, I actually—it's funny. I actually get asked that question all the time. <laughs> um, so rather than give you my canned response, let's think here. Yeah, I would say. I mean, like a goldfish. Or a lion. A lion. Okay. The king. Yeah. The king. Yeah. The king of the jungle. Yeah. King of the jungle. Yeah. 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 Lion. Jordan, would you be famous? If so, in what way? I mean, I think I'm already famous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Here we oh, go. I would. I mean, as you, as I may have hinted a little bit earlier, I'm a huge sports guy. So yeah. I always, growing up, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I wanted to play for the Dodgers. I wanted to be a pitcher. So you know, Dodgers. if I could, if I could, yeah. Okay. L.A. Dodgers. I'm originally from Louisiana, so okay. that. There's so people say, "Oh, how, how do you become a Dodgers fan?" I'm like, "Well, I'm from Louisiana." Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah that still doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. My dad was a Dodgers fan. We didn't have a pro franchise really near us, and so that was right. who he liked. And when I was a little kid, that's who I liked. So I, I was a pitcher. I primarily pitched most. Tough, and, uh, tough loss this year. Oh yeah. Hey, but you know what? It was a great ride. It, it may was. not have ended the way that I wanted it to, but it was our first World Series. Yeah. Since yeah. '88. Yeah. But you know, you only play. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's showing off his uh, his Cubs, Cubs hat, hat on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's okay though. We played in the you beat in LCS you this, this year. Yeah. But yeah, pitcher, you work every fifth day. You pitch every fifth day. You're on the mound. The ball is in your hand. The game is in your hand. You totally control the outcome. Yeah. 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 I loved pitching growing up. I loved pitching. I loved. I loved the big game. Yeah. Striking them out. I didn't strike that many people out. I had a good curveball. I had good control, but but I love to be on the mound for the big game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. One last question. We're going old school. You remember Walkmans? Yeah. Okay. You have a Walkman, and you can only pick one CD to listen to for the rest of your life. No other music. Which CD? Can it be one of my mix CDs no. that I made? Okay. <laughs> no. Because I did have... Nine volumes of mix CDs. Jordan that I made. One where where you're like, hey, play number three, dude. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. You just let them play all the way through. Yeah, they were yeah. all good. Yeah. I would have to say, uh, I don't know. Because my musical tastes, they're weird. Yeah, I have I have from gospel to 90s, Memphis gangster rap, the country. Oh, I'm from Tennessee. 3 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all the guys that got kicked out of there. Yeah. Those were my yeah. those were my favorites, really. Yeah, I would say CD. Oh man, you guys are stumping me here. Yeah, that's a tough one. Let's say Chicago's greatest hits from the 1980s. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> okay, I was not all expecting right. go that. go go way back in time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, all it's right. you know you guys know that about when you think of something or you smell something or you hear something it takes you back to a place in time nostalgia yeah 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 so that CD 
brings me back to when I was a little kid and yeah. listening to it with my dad back when I lived in Louisiana and right. you know I have have good feelings it brings about good emotions with me good memories yeah and and I mean Peter Cetera kicks butt yeah, yeah. cool man dig it yeah so thank you for being part of this thanks thanks for all you do you know what I'm saying Everything, you, Jordan. you are the dude I, I said this last <laughs> night you like the dude right Everyone goes to you for their problems at these conference, right? They're like, oh, I have a problem with whatever. They're like, go see Jordan. So I'm sure you're a busy man during this whole process, but I know that you're passionate about what you do. You believe in the collaboration. You believe in the salvation of others, which is what we're in business to do and really create this change in the world. So it's an honor to walk through this road with you, like shoulder to shoulder. So, And, and Jordan, I would just acknowledge you for showing up Professional, I, like showing up like a way. I I think that a modern man, like like would. Yeah. You look good. You're you're groomed. Like well Thank spoken. You. you don't look like a like a street bum man. <laughs> like you, you show up and you have a smile. You look people in the eye, and it's the things you do without speaking. Yeah. That you the ways you acknowledge people. It's not even with words a lot of times. Yeah, you know it's truly felt. Yeah, I don't acknowledge you for that unless you know that I've experienced that from you, and, and I know Roman has too. Yeah, man. Well, I, well, I appreciate the kind yeah. words. I appreciate you guys being here, and I appreciate what you're doing with your podcast and with your sober coaching. And look forward to working with you guys yes, in the future through podcasts and watching us grow together yeah, yeah. as the young lions of yes. the industry. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, we are live again from Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw! What's going on, guys and girls? It's Brian here <laughs> with my co-host, Roman, and we are here with a special guest. Talented, amazing, yeah. Leah Claire. Yes. yes. Hi, Leah. Hi. Can you tell us where you're from? What from, you're doing? I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay. Um, and I'm the Director of Clinical Operations at Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Treatment. Where's Pine Grove? Is that in Mississippi too? Yes, Hattiesburg, which is where Brett Favre is from. That's one of our claim names. Really? No way. That's your guys's. That's what you tell yeah. people. Yeah. So I they can like find it. us. It's about an hour north of the Gulf Coast. So okay. is this like an inpatient okay. rehab, Leah Claire? They have. We have inpatient facilities. We also have um, residential, partial. Um, we have sex addiction. We have a legacy program, which is for older adults. Okay. Right. We have uh, the Next Step Men's program, which is for younger oh millennials gosh. that I just ah, went to. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And then the, um, the women's program, which also treats co-occurring uh, eating disorders. Holy crap. So wow. Like very diversified. You guys. And oh. <laughs> one more. But the, wait. Um, the professionals program. So ah. and that's kind of what I've, I've done for a number of years. Right on. Dang. You got everything. Like a one stop shop, one yeah. one stop, many many solutions. So you, I want to know what sparked your interest in this, in behavioral health. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I fell in love with it um, when I for a psychology to do your PhD, you have to do a, an internship, and it's, it's very similar to medical school. You go through the clearinghouse. Yeah. Right. So I um, I didn't want to move because my husband was in Hattiesburg and so okay. this was the one that was open and 
I started at the professionals program and yeah. fell in love with it and wow. never left. So I went all the way from the intern to director and now kind of over clinical position overall. Wow. So. wow. So like, I have to ask, like, what's your vision? Like, what's, yeah. what, what do, do you, you want? want? Yeah, what do you yeah. want to create? Like, what's, what's what do you the want ultimate source? goal? What do you want to create? What do you here to do? Like, what do you want? I want to help. I want to help people. Um, and that's always been, that's, that's what my passion. That's what yeah. I love doing. I love seeing people being able to um, li- live at their highest potential and right. meet their goals and meet their expectations. Um, right. And help and support them do that. And Got so it. I think I think our programs are diversified to where we can really meet people where they are um, and support them where they are and then get them back to, to what they want to do. And and you, you're passionate about it, obviously. Yes. You can yes. hear it in your yes. voice. I love like, it. Yeah, you, I, I always have. I don't, I, I'm telling you from the day I started, and it was an interesting start date. Um, it was the day, so in South Mississippi, Katrina hit on... Monday, and my first day at Pine Grove was on right, Monday, so I actually didn't start till Tuesday, and it was a disaster. Um, we were hit very hard. So, um, so it was a very interesting start at, at Pine Grove, but after we got settled, I, I never wanted to leave. I love it. Wow. What, what about... What makes Pine Grove effective? You think what like the efficacy is always something that's very important, especially in addiction. And how does like how do you how does Pine Grove address that? One of the things that that I I love about Pine Grove is that it's, it treats the whole person and it's very diversified. So if a person comes in that um, has comes in for alcohol or as an alcoholic, we de- we determine there's an underlying sex addiction that's been driving part of the alcohol so, you know it's just a phone call and they go over there and we try to let's try to divide the time to where it fits the needs of the person so it's right. not you have to do x amount of time here and x amount of time here it's whatever the person so you're needs. not cookie cutter we're not cookie we're very individualized care <laughs> yeah. um and then the other thing is we also i mean we have an inpatient unit so yeah. someone's suicidal again it's just right. it's a very so you have a whole staff system. Yes, yeah, and we work together well, and um, and and that's that's a vision that I have for Pine Grove that we become more of just one as okay. opposed to being right. just these little islands. And I I see that happening now. Like one large community of people, yes. and we work just, well together. People get along, which is that's nice. Always interesting. People in a large, get along. Yeah, yeah, that's a bonus. In a large system, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What is a book that has influenced or shaped you? Oh my goodness. Um, There's so many. One book. One. You only get to pick one. Like, this is the book that changed my life. Can we come back to that one? We Ask me another question. Okay. All right, I got another question. Oh, are you okay. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, come on. He's trying, to, he's trying to double down. He's doubling this? down, yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen in life, just in general? What's the craziest thing that you have seen? The craziest thing that I have seen? Um, I'm a pretty boring person, I think. Oh, crazy. I know you have an adult psych ICU. Yeah. Yeah. But well, we can't talk about all right. that, right? Like, well, that's where my craziness hip-hop. comes I from. Know. Right. I know. I've done rotations in, in one in San Diego. Yeah, it's been kind of nuts. It we'll gets talk crazy. Off the line about it gets that crazy one. there. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, 
it's mental health. Yeah. So yeah, and the stories are are very. I've got a great question. Okay. Who do you know that always makes you smile? Um. She knew right when I said that. My children. I mean, they they are hilarious. They're four and six, and um, anytime I think about them, it's. They're adorable, precious. Aww. Things. It's a little girl and a little boy. You literally, she's like glowing right now. I know, you just lit up. They're, um, they're very sweet, and I miss them when I'm away from them. Aww. So, yeah. They're waiting for you. Yeah. They're making a mess at home right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Tearing things up, it's swinging from the ceiling. I, le- I did leave Sally all prepared when I left. Uh, yeah. Sally is our elf. Oh. Okay. Oh, on the perfect. Shelf. Yes. So she came to visit this morning before I left hey, at 4 a.m. There we go. Yeah. Yes. So. Next question. Okay. Would you be famous? If so, what for? You know, I don't have a big... I've thought about that. I guess just being in this world of fame is not something that interests me. Um, again, I just want to help people um, and help people get better. And, and maybe live you up could to be famous day. for writing a book that helps people, maybe such so. as the book that influenced oh your life, gosh, which is. <laughs> um, yeah, what is the book? What is that book? Leah Claire. There's a book, Broken Down House. Uh, Broken Down House. It's, it's a very good book, and it talks about um, living your faith and how it how it. Um, in times of trouble, how to really mend your own heart and work yeah. through that. Um, okay. That was a really important book to me Got years it. ago since Got I read that. Well, you get to read it again. Yes. Yes. I need to. Cool. I need to. Right. I awesome. It. Well, thank you for stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you all for doing for this. This yeah. is very interesting. Answering our wacky questions. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.